Hey, it's Kanzano. I appreciate you making this podcast part of your day. Make sure you subscribe if you want more and leave us some feedback. Away we go. Initialize sequence. Welcome to The Baldcast, a production of John Kanzano's Bald Face Truth. I don't control the bump music, okay? So when certain songs play, people are tweeting at me. When certain songs play, people messaging me. I don't control the bump music, okay? I have so much control over what's going on here. I do control the button that I'm about to push that will bring Oregon football coach Dan Lanning on the show. Uh, As the head football coach, I'm sure that people say to you, hey, coach, they should play different music during uh, during the timeouts during the game. Do you get do you get all sorts of those questions? I did. I did the other day, and I'll, I told him I had no idea what was playing. You know, I know this after the third quarter, shouts coming on. I can tell you that. And some point there, where you, you usually get it coming home too. So, um, but I was enjoying the club remix you had going there for a little bit. Like I was that? trying to figure out where I was at. Not really, <laughs> but I was trying to make you feel better. <laughs> Thank you. Appreciate that. Hey. Big week, a lot of eyeballs. This is what this is what uh, your guys want, right? I mean, this is a stage, and uh, you know your guys have worked hard, and now they get a chance to be on it and show people what they can do. Yeah, I'm wondering why nobody got this excited about our Colorado game last year. I mean, come on. I know. I know. <laughs> it it is like it. People are asking you about recruits. They're asking you about eyeballs. But don't you feel like you always have eyeballs on you? Yeah, at all times. But I'll, I'll say this: this is certainly a, a lot more fun as a coach and as a player to get to coach in, in a game like this, this environment, um, the excitement that's around it makes it a lot of fun for us. This uh, this week, how are you feeling about the week of practice? Can you read too much into that? Do you generally say that a good week of practice translates to a good week of games, or is it kind of all over the place? With time, I've learned you can't, um, but I'll say this. I've enjoyed, like, I think we've had uh, a really good prep week. Um, you know, but the ball bounces certain ways on Saturdays. Yet, you know, you have to be ready to adapt to some of the unexpected, and uh, sometimes you can't replicate all those things in practice. So, um, but our guys have had a good week, and they're certainly excited to get out there on the field. You look across, and you are uh, looking at film. You're watching Colorado, but you're also watching a bunch of guys that you are familiar with. Maybe you recruited them when you were at Georgia. Maybe you recruited them when you were at Oregon, but. How many guys on the other side of a field on a given Saturday do you go, oh, I remember that guy. I did a visit with that guy. I know that guy's parents. Like, how familiar are you with kids? Yeah, usually there's always some. Um, Not always, but usually there's always some. And I think that'll be more and more likely, you know, the more you get in recruiting battles with teams that you're playing. So um, I think that's, you know, that's generally the case, it seems like. Offensively, do you feel good about where you are? Well, I feel good about where we're going, right? I think that we can get um, better and better on in all phases of the game. Um, but, yeah, I'm really uh, happy about the direction of where we're headed, and it's about building off of that and not, not staying stagnant. We're, we're never satisfied, right? We're always looking for the better edge and how we can improve. All right. So you've been talking, I, I know, on your news conferences about penalties and getting it cleaned up, and, of course, you don't want the procedural stuff. We've talked about what a good penalty is and what a bad penalty is. Do you feel like the guys get the message there? Like, you know, and, you know, nobody wants to get a penalty, I'm, I'm assuming. Yeah, no, and, and some, you know, players have more of a propensity than others to get them. Um, but, you know, you try to coach it. You try to make sure you can improve it um, and try to educate your team and, and understand, and, you know, how to eliminate it. You know, do they happen? Yes, they happen at times. And there actually isn't a strong correlation 
um, with the amount of penalties and wins and losses, um, even though you think there would be. But I'll say this, there's differences in certain penalties, and certain penalties um, you know, bear more weight on the success of a team than others. And um, you know, we've had a couple of those that I think have contributed to us not having success in the first few weeks in certain situations because we you know, put ourselves in really tough spots. How much do you have to remind guys, hey, you don't need to score a 75-yard touchdown on every play. You don't need to play, uh, I guess, you don't need to press and do something bigger than you know, you've ever done in your life on every play of the game. Because I do see guys in big games with big audiences. Sometimes we see it in a Super Bowl or a championship game where a guy tries to do too much. And you've been through this at Georgia, playing in big games for the national title. How do you remind guys just to stay within themselves? Yeah, I mean, I think that happens throughout the offseason everywhere. And it's more about being, you know, focused on in the moment and, and not really the outcomes. When you focus on outcomes, that's the kind of things that will happen. And uh, if you focus on just each individual play, each individual moment, you know, I think that's when you get guys that operate within, you know, the framework and the system and have success. I felt like I nitpicked you guys after the Texas Tech game because I was like, you know, they weren't at their best. Uh, there was a little too much Bo Nix freelance running. I didn't like that in the second and third quarter. And then on the plane trip home, I was going, you know, it's hard to win on the road. It's a tough thing to do. And you guys showed a lot of resilience in that game. Did, what did you get out of that Texas Tech game that, that maybe nobody's talking about? Well, I'm not sure what everyone's talking about, um, but I certainly felt like we had a resilient team that had belief. And because we've been in similar situations and, and my time here before where, you know, maybe we didn't perform how we wanted early on, but we finished. You know, North Carolina's a game that's similar to that. Washington State's a game that's similar to that last year. Um, you know, maybe I felt like, hey, this is a team that has some of those same characteristics, that a resilient team that can have success, you know. Um, I also learned that we don't have to play our best game to win, right? Mm-hmm. But I don't think that will always be the case, you know. Um, we have to we have to be able to perform better at times. and um, You know, but I think we learned a lot, and, and we've been able to adapt from that game and uh, carry that over to some successes for us in the future, you know, some starting last week in Hawaii and hopefully some carrying forward. You get this uh, chance to look across the field and play an opponent that's getting a lot of attention. Has Colorado been good for college football in your mind? Well, I think anytime people are talking about college football, that's good, and they've certainly brought that conversation, um, you know, here and and around. So uh, I enjoy the fact that this game has a lot of excitement around it. And like I said, that wasn't the case last year. Dan Lanning with us, Oregon football coach. I. Uh, look, I know you got uh, a lot of friends and family that will, you know, reach out to you on game week. Is it has it been a bigger distraction for your guys this week, or is it does it feel like a normal Oregon football home game as far as sort of the the stuff that's going around the edges? Well, it's only a distraction if you let it become a distraction, um, and I think our guys are really narrowed focus right now on what they have to accomplish. So. No, um, but that's part of this job. That's part of being a player at this level is learning how to manage um, outside expectations and making, you know, the reality of that they really don't matter that much. I'm in the movie theater last night with my wife. We're watching. What'd you watch? A, a Haunting in Ventus, the Hercule, Hercule Poirot movie. You know, the Agatha Christie series. Ah, it's a little dark. You might like it because yeah. it's really dark. So we watched you know? it with the team the other day. We watched it with the, so the players vote. Um, when we have. Uh, when we have later games like we did last week against Hawaii the night before, we, we generally will go to a movie. Um, so they actually voted for that one. Um, yeah, it was definitely different. 
I'm glad you... that it wasn't the hocus pocus at the end. I don't want to ruin it for any of the viewers here, but it was actually yeah. like uh, a mystery, you know, rather yeah. than a, uh, you know, you know what I mean. I, like yeah. I said, I don't want to ruin it for everybody else. Yeah, but you tend to have, your taste in movies tends to be a little bit dark, right? Like you, you know, you kind oh, of. Yeah, wrote... I'm a dark taste for sure. Yeah. <laughs> have I'm, you I always? I'll tell you which one the players picked the other day. Yeah. It was Elite that you should give a shot. The Equalizer Three. Okay. So. I haven't watched The Equalizer 2, but Denzel is a bad man, right? He is a bad yeah. man, so you ought to give uh, The Equalizer 3 a shot. I don't get to watch a lot of movies, especially during football season, but when it falls within what the team picked, it, it worked yeah. out pretty good. It sounds like the team is, is doing you a service here, picking good movies. But yeah. is there a guy, is there an actor, leading actor or actress, that if they do a movie, you go, I got to see it, like, you know, on that, on that Denzel note? Well, I mean, Denzel's up there, certainly, but um, I think one of the most impressive actors um, is Christian Bale. You know, like, he can absolutely change characters, change his body type. I mean, like, he's uh, he's pretty impressive to me. Dan Lanning with us, movie critic and football coach at Oregon. Uh, all right, beginning <laughs> of the game, beginning of the game, there's a coin toss. You win the toss, you defer. Everybody does that. Why do you, Why do people defer? There's something to be said for, you know, if you manage the last couple minutes of the game, uh, the minutes of the half, you know, maybe potentially with a score that you can turn around and score coming out of the half when you get the ball and, and create a 14-point swing. You know, that's something that we always are really conscientious of, and I think that can be, you know, you think about what lets offenses have success, and a lot of times it's about being in a rhythm, right? And if you're sitting on the sideline for a halftime and for the last four minutes of the first half, in the first four minutes of the second half, that's a lot of time to get out of sequence and out of rhythm. Um, so there's some, you know, there's some merit to having that, you know, but I think that's, you know, I think everyone just assumes you'll always defer. I think there's a lot of things that can go into that factor of who the opponent is, um, how you feel about your opening script on offense, um, what you're going to be able to have success with, you know, what the we- you know, the weather's a big contributor. If there's going to be rain in the second half or first, you know, all those things kind of um, can play into that as well. How important is a huge atmosphere from the home crowd uh, on Saturday? The fans are about to be real out of Austin. I don't. I don't even have to hype them up. I know they're going to come ready. About to be real. I'm going to write that down. I like that. Uh, Dan Landing with us. All right. So um, game mode. When do you guys finish? Sort of. The, you know, there becomes a point when, like, an artist will finish a painting and then they'll step back. Right. I've always found game day interesting because you've kind of done everything you can do from a preparation standpoint. Now it just becomes about players executing and your game plan being implemented and maybe some adjustments. Do you have a moment like, you know, uh, in the week where it hits Thursday, hits Friday, and you're like, we have done what we can do prep-wise, time to exhale for just a second, and then lock into the, the game, sort of the game structure? No. <laughs> we, we, we show. Uh, Thank you very much, Dan. Like, we show plays our players. Yeah, we show uh, plays our players like literally minutes before we walk back onto the field. We we hit them one more time with reminders and tips. And I'm, when I was a high school coach at Park Hill South, you know, and, and even back when I was a player um, in high school, I remember you know coaches commonly would say like the night or two days before the game, they'd say, "Hey, the hay's in the barn," you know, like the job's done, but. The job is not done until that game's played, so we're going to prepare every second, every moment we can up until that that uh, kickoff. Okay, this might be a, a better question. 
of the three games you've played, which one was the most valuable to you? In, in, and at no disrespect to any of the opponents, but which one did you get the most out of? Well, certainly for, for me, I felt like Texas Tech. Um, you know, I think we learned a lot of things that we can go attack and improve. We played a quality opponent that, that measured up well to us, um, and we went and got a really quality, you know, win on the road, which, again, I think they had, had a, like a 22 or 23-game winning streak against non-conference opponents at home. So um, not the easiest place to play. We'll play in, in tougher, I think, you know, even this year. Um, but it was a good test for us early to learn a lot about ourselves. When you guys watch a movie, do you get popcorn and everything for the guys, or are they just watching the movie? They have some snacks. Yeah, they certainly have some snacks. Snacks are good. All right, Dan Lanning, good luck to you. I will see you at Autzen Stadium. Uh, really excited. I think this is this is what college football is about. I mean, it's about two ranked teams, uh, great atmosphere. I think you got the better players. Yeah, I know you don't want to hear that. I think you got the better team. I think you got the better players. I think you're going to win this game. But I think uh, it's going to be fun to see the stage and and see it play out. Well, I appreciate it. We'll uh, hopefully take care of business here tomorrow. That's the plan. There you or, go. Excuse me, Saturday. I'm a Saturday. Day early. I'm pretty You're excited. It. Look at you. You're itching. You're itching to go. I'm itching. <laughs> yeah. All right. Good luck, Coach. Thank you. See you, both. Bye. There, there he goes, Dan Lanning. I love how I, I asked that long question, Stephen, and that long, drawn-up, you know, do you do you feel like uh, you have a moment to exhale, you know, the lead-up, the haze in the barn? No. <laughs> It fit perfectly for uh, kind of Dan Lanning and his uh, his mo. What he wants to say, you know, that's 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 Dan Lanning to a T right there. Just no, John, you're, you're wrong, and uh, that's it. The Hercule Perot movie that is out right now, The Haunting or whatever, it's got a séance at the center of it. It's a little bit spooky. Like I didn't think Anna would go for it last night. I was like, let's go to a movie. Gotta go see a movie. I needed a break. Needed to sit somewhere and kind of try to exhale. I just love that Oregon is showing their football team movies. They've seen The Equalizer 3, and now they have seen The Haunting as well. Really good stuff uh, from Dan Lanning. How about, gonna, uh, yeah. how about that uh, that answer about the uh, Oregon crowd? That was, that's uh, That was really cool. I, I pulled that right here. The fans are about to be real out of Austin. I don't, I don't even have to hype them up. I know they're going to come ready. It's about to be real, John. The fans are about to be real at Austin. I don't even have to hype them up. Is that what he said? That's what that's that was what he said. That, I mean, that I think he knows these this crowd is going to be insane and something that Colorado hasn't seen going into this game. Did he say at the end they're ready? Is that what the he fans said? are about to be real out of Austin? I don't I don't even have to hype them up. I know they're going to come ready. I know they're going to come ready. Well, there you go. Uh, do you think I, I feel like coaches these days? I saw it across the Pac-12 today, especially. Kyle Whittingham telling reporters in Salt Lake City he knows the Rice-Eccles Stadium crowd is going to be frothing and ready for UCLA. Washington State's athletic director, Pat Chun, announcing a sellout, saying he knows the home crowd's going to be nuts in Pullman. And then Dan Lanning saying the fans are about to be real at Autzen. I don't even have to hype them up. I know they're going to come ready. Um, is uh, all on messaging and all on point. They're all trying to do the same thing. They're trying to remind fans, hey, we need you. I think Oregon's going to win that game pretty easily. Dan it, Lanning doesn't want to hear that, though. Is it opposite of what – are they doing it because of what uh, Coach Prime, Dion's doing, how Dion's hyping everybody up, telling everyone to get out there and trying to help the crowd? Because 
Because there's been stories about how the crowd doesn't know how to react because they've been so bad lately mm. that Dion had to teach them how to cheer and like what to do and stuff. Are these are these programs saying you know, our fans are better than that? We we don't need to teach them. They're gonna be ready. I think uh, I think he just knows he needs the crowd. He, you know, the home field. I I actually think like in the NFL they say a home field's worth three points or whatever. The home field in these college games feels bigger to me, especially the Pac-12 games. It feels like it's a seven, eight, nine point advantage in some of these stadiums. Because if if USC and UCLA were playing in U, at UCLA, I would pick the Bruins. Like I would flip that score. And and I think UCLA would win and cover, and they'd be a home favorite. And I I just think it's really interesting to see the value of the home field. You got a 17 game win streak at Utah. Oregon is 29 and two at home in their last 31 games. You have Oregon State. Uh, I think Oregon State has won something like nine in a row at home. It's it's just interesting to see how the home fields are mattering. In the Pac-12 conference. Well, and that was the trend last year that you found out that you know the home teams just home kept favorites. winning. Home and, favorites are a lock to win games. And I I looked at a look-ahead line of Oregon State Utah right now that they have that line out. Oregon State's two and a half point favorites. And to your point, if that game's in Utah, I mean Utah's probably what a six seven point favorite. Like that's nine point difference. And, and I agree with it. Like that's how much it should be when you go from Reese Stadium to Rice Eccles Stadium. So it, it will be interesting to see how Colorado reacts to Autzen Stadium. It'll be interesting to see how Oregon State reacts to pull, uh, up in Pullman against the Cougars because that's going to be a loud crowd. And you know those those teams are going to want to get after each other. So it's real. we're going to find out what teams, uh, what, what they're really made of next week in Colorado and for Oregon State. Well, keep an eye on it. Anna's going to pop into the studio, the 5 at 5 coming up. Anna's in the studio. Anna's in the studio. We're fresh off the Dan Lanning interview. Anna, you listen to the interview. Quick takeaways. Dan Lanning uh, preparing for the Colorado-Oregon game on Saturday. I've got notes. <laughs> um, I think that uh, he's mastered the art of speaking in generalities. You know, the coach okay. speak that is uh, really unique yep. to coaching. Uh, basically not giving too much away, phrases like can't help if the ball bounces a certain way on game day. Like, I just, I there's part of me that just loves that kind of stuff because it only exists in uh, athletics and sports. But I felt like a lot of the stuff that he was saying and how he coaches the players and the philosophies that they talk about, I mean, so much of that can be applied to our own lives. When he's saying, you know, they really have to encourage the players to focus on the moment, not the outcomes, that things are only distractions if you let them be. And at this level, how so much of it is learning how to manage outside expectations. Like, that's all good stuff that we can apply to our own lives. I think there's a lot of a lot in sports that we can apply. And I, one of the things I think gets lost in this game, and I think I've been trying to say it in a number of different ways in the last 90 minutes, Colorado has to do something, has to be something that Colorado isn't to win this game. Do you know what I mean by that? Yeah, so like the pressure's on them. I 100% think the pressure's on Colorado, and I hope Oregon's players know that. Like, Colorado's got to play out of its mind Mm -hmm. to stay even with Oregon at Autzen Stadium. If this game were in Boulder and Oregon was down, you know, and, and Colorado was at full strength with Travis Hunter, yeah, and maybe Oregon had Bucky Irving banged up, he couldn't play, 
then I would be like, you know, Bo Nix needs to have a special game. Bo Nix doesn't. Bo mm-hmm. Nix just to go needs to go out and be Bo Nix. Bo Nix, right. Troy Franklin needs to be Troy Franklin. Yeah. Oregon's defense just needs to play like Oregon's defense can play. Yes. Colorado's got to – Shador Sanders has to play out of his mind. He has to do something he, he hasn't done. Mm-hmm. You know, he's got to throw for 500 yards. And two receivers at Colorado have to have we interrupt this podcast with a special announcement from the Bald Face hey, Sorry Truth. to interrupt the podcast, but if you want to listen to more of the Bald Face Truth Radio Show, including more of this segment that you're listening to, make sure you subscribe on SoundCloud and iTunes to the Bald Face Truth Radio Show. Thanks for listening.